Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. and welcome back to The Morning Crew. I'm Kathy and I'm here with Kelsey and Mads once again. We are super excited to be developing our first actual content episode after our intro episode just launched. Again, super excited to be here and Today, we're going to be actually talking about memories and kind of triggers that come up with grief and how each of us have kind of navigated it. So I kind of am just going to pass it to Kelsey because I'm very curious to hear a little bit about, I know you've had loss more recently in your life. So I'm really curious, like what kind of, what are those triggers for you and how you've been dealing with them? Yeah, definitely. Um, Like you said, it's been more recent. I'm still I know I've heard like being within the first year is like really you're still so deep in it. And so I'm curious to hear eventually what you guys think. But because it's so recent, I'm definitely thinking about my loss. So again, if anyone didn't listen, my mom passed away this past summer. Um, Our relationship was incredibly close, incredibly tight, talked every single day, like all of that. So very much like she's on my mind or things remind me of her so often. And it feels so funny to just be like going about normal life in my day, but really like this is running in the background kind of all the time. And it's not just the really obvious things. Like I see like, Oh, mother's day is going to be hard. Like, sure. It's so many random little things that maybe no one else is thinking about Or, you know, if you've never gone through this, you wouldn't know. Or if you're later in the process, I'm curious to hear if this gets different or better. But like, it could be the littlest things. Like I was looking at my makeup and I was trying to clean stuff out. And I saw a mascara that I hadn't really used, but then realized it was a present from my mom from Christmas. And I was like, well, I probably should keep that. And then I just, you know, I was kind of in a rush getting ready for work. And like, okay, yeah, it's the last like, makeup item my mom gifted me, but I'm going to keep going on with my day. Or it could be, you know, I was shopping this past weekend and I was in one of her favorite stores, Anthropology, And, um, it was like time to check out and is, you know, they always ask like phone number for if you have an account with them and I gave them mine and it didn't work. And they were like, Oh, like, what about another phone number? And then I was like, my mom's for sure had an account at anthropology. And so I like gave her phone number, even though it's like not even active anymore and it worked. And she's like, Carrie Rothhouse. And I was like, yep. And just like went along with it. And in a weird way, like it wasn't one that made me crazy sad in the moment. It was kind of like a smile. Like she loved anthropology. She loved shopping there. She would have wanted me anyway to like use her account kind of a thing. But that's just like, I don't know the little things you can't predict. And I'm personally all about control. Like I love knowing when things are going to happen or how they're going to happen. So the obvious ones, you know, for Mother's Day example, I know this first Mother's Day, which is still a little ways away, is going to be really tough. My sister and I have already talked about it and talked about how we're going to like stay off our phones that day and she's going to come up and visit me and we're going to be together. We're going to do things, you know, adventure on our own. But it's like those little things that I don't know if 
anyone else really realizes. But Kathy, your loss was a lot longer ago. I'm curious to hear kind of like how that experience is for you. Yeah, I mean, I think you're touching on basically what grief is and it's hitting you in waves unexpectedly. I think every, as you go through more and more of the holidays without your loved one or any special anniversaries or days, like it doesn't get easier per se. I think there there are some years where it's just randomly like a tough year versus another just another year in a really like twisted way but I do think that you can't really predict it and I will also say that a lot of support comes on the known days like the day of their anniversary of the death or on a on for me for father's day or on my dad's birthday it's like I get so many messages on those days and I'm so grateful and that I have friends that are so considerate that they have those written down and that they're messaging me. But on the flip side of that is they're not there for the days where I'm like in a grocery store aisle and I'm about to get hit because I just saw like pecan pie and that was my dad's favorite pie and I'm not going to be able to have it with him for Thanksgiving. So I think like that is a key different differentiator of like as you grow older like the the days that you are expected to come you're more so like super supported in a sense that day versus other times where it hits you unexpectedly unexpectedly those are the tough times and those are the times where you have to be kind of strong for yourself or you have to lean on your support system of whoever is there for you supporting you through grief Um, And then in terms of like the special memories and the things that pop up for me, like, yeah, definitely, I would say less and less of those go on as time goes on. Um, But I do think that there are special things that you almost want to hold on to. So you do remember that person in those moments. It's like you don't want to forget that. um, Well, for me, I don't want to forget that. these memories that I had with my dad like playing arcade games in Vegas so every time I see like an arcade game or I'm in Vegas which for a completely different reason um I'm like reminded of the arcade games and those memories with my dad and it's almost like I like force myself to remind myself because I want to hang on to them in a sense I don't know if that will be or has been the experience for either you Kelsey or Mads Yeah, I found it interesting um, when you were talking about, you know, you have that support on those days that are important to you. Um, Obviously, I haven't dealt with that personally myself, um, but I've kind of learned that I learned the first time I was dealing with grief is that everybody is and their brother is there for you and talking to you when it happens and it's great and I've loved the support like I had friends that drove two hours to Chicago like I loved it was so great to have that but one thing I learned during my process with grief and has also allowed me to become a better friend to my friends is that like you need someone there but you also need someone there the week after when you're figuring the shit out you also need someone there when it's your mom's birthday you also need someone there when it's the anniversary and so I've kind of learned like my very 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 best friend in the world, Shannon, who lost her father, is incredible at that with me. And she's kind of taught me that, like, because I realized that she lost her dad at 16 is why she's so 
keeps it in her mind to make sure she's checking on me. Like, I'm pretty sure she has all my dates in her calendar. And even that being said, like, when I saw that she was posting, I never, before I went through it, thought to check on her or check on, figure out when her dad's birthday was. And I found myself, like, almost, like, looking up his obituary because I wanted to be able to have those dates in my calendar for her. Um, Because I really did learn that throughout those experiences, you need that person that is there whenever nobody not everybody else is and it's not everybody you know all there for that reason um so that was something i wanted to touch on what you said kathy and i think that as far as the things go um like the things that remind you like it's interesting because i hear a lot of stuff i found really joy in talking to my step nieces about my mom's dad who recently passed away and like telling him the stories of the magic he made for us and things like that and like my mom chirps in and like we talk about it and bring it up in a, a fun way and on the flip side like i haven't been able to sit down and watch a cubs game since my papa died because we used to do that together um i didn't even i watched some of it when i went to go i went to one in the pan like recently um to see my dad he was doing something at Wrigley and so I went and like that was the only time I sat down and actually paid attention to a game and it's funny because I used to always kind of know who was who is the good who are the good players were and who like who was hurt and who was on injury relief and I don't know any of that stuff and I whenever somebody asks me I kind of just nod and act like I know and like I like I always have but I completely have not sat down and watched a game since he passed away I haven't done the same thing with hockey because that's something else we used to do together so it's kind of interesting how um in certain situations I can laugh and share and in other situations I don't even think I've really told anybody that I haven't really watched games since besides maybe my therapist um but that's something that's interesting for me yeah definitely I think what you guys are touching on this variety it's like I want to remember her and it makes me happy or makes me smile like hearing about it or seeing things that I'm like oh like you know on Fridays, she would always text us like TGIF with a bunch of emojis. And like, I'll try to like think about that or do that to somebody else. Like those things are like you said, remembering the pecan pie, like being like, okay, like I want to remember those things. And I, that's why I, and my sister and I have talked about this. I like the idea of people talking about her sharing that with me if they think about something, because I like the idea of knowing that like people don't forget about it or like, because it keeps her memory and spirit alive. But also, Mads, what you touched on with like the big prominent days, so many people come and support. And I fully feel that. And we felt that so intensely. But as like my dad's sister and I kind of commented, you know, there was a period where like flowers were getting delivered at our house, like multiple times a day, every day, which was beautiful. And we felt so much support. But it's like there was a day when the flowers stopped coming naturally, like you're not going to get flowers sent to you for forever. And that's like that symbolism of like and then you have this whole rest of your life and time and all the moments in the middle to go through. And Mads, like you were saying, your friend who knew of like because she had gone through grief. I have a couple people in my life who we weren't weren't necessarily super close but they are still like acquaintances or in my community and have done that check-in to just be like, how are you doing today? Knowing that it's not marked by those flag posts like days that it can happen whenever. And so I guess for anyone listening who is trying to support like, and not to say it's on everyone, but just knowing that those little check-ins can definitely go a long way. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, I will say, I think like Obviously, feelings are fresher um, for even the first couple of years. I would say that those messages probably go a long way. 
now, I, I think if I got a message that was like, how are you doing with your dad's death? Like tomorrow, I'd be like, hmm, that's weird that you randomly brought that up now. But I do think in the beginning, like I think in the beginning, it's important for sure. Um, but something I did want to talk about is since I was so young when I lost my dad, I really struggled with um, knowing who he was first of all, before me, and then second of all, because I was so young and didn't get to experience so many conversations with him, asking him about his life, that was really, that's a grief of its own, of like, that I'll never get that chance. And so the way I have to do it is through reaching out with pe- to people that knew him, family members, friends, and such. And there was this idea where I can't remember where I heard it from, but it's called like a grief jar. And basically, you would reach out to other people to tell them, they would say their favorite memory of the person that you loved and it's kind of like when you're reminded of your person if it's bringing you sadness you can pick up a memory from the jar and be like elated instead and reminded with joy about them and I got so many memories of my dad that and just kind of features of my dad and all of these things that I didn't even know about because I was either not born yet or I was so young that I didn't know and I super appreciated that because it not only made me understand who my dad was a little bit more but it also helped me like navigate healing of grief and not just feeling sad when remembering him but also feeling happy and laughing too I can't remember where I found that Can you remind me how old you were when he passed away? I was 12. And so I feel like that's like the age where you remember like a couple of years of things and maybe like maybe like fifth grade on. So literally like two or three years of vivid memories. And then also before him being diagnosed with cancer, like that's hard to even remember as well because that's a whole era in itself. So I think it it was just important for me to figure out again who he was and all of these other memories about him from other people's perspective also really helped me too. And I I found that it's super eye-opening. So I don't know if that's something that you guys would ever consider, but I really enjoyed kind of like going through that exercise. Yeah, I I love that. Um, It's funny because briefly before he passed away, actually, the last time I spent tons of time with him when he was cognizant, um, I set up a camera and for my mom for Christmas, she really wanted me to talk to her parents about their stories of like how they met and all these things. And I had a conversation with my grandma and grandpa. um, And it's so funny. And I still think about it. He was actually I'm just telling this quick because it's funny. He was actually dating my my grandma's sister, whatever he met her and then ended up he's like, well, I was dating and I was dating Nancy and then you know I saw Carol and I decided I was gonna go with Carol and I was like he's like and I just went with Carol and then he like so he dated like my oh, great yeah. aunt or whatever but it's really funny because he has like comedy about it and on that same note of him he's hilarious um this is actually his shirt his jacket and I always get compliments on it because I wear it all the time and it looks like a jacket that everyone's wearing now and um I went at the other day it was one of those moments where which I'm sure you guys had I'd be curious Kelsey I'm sure you've had plenty in the last year um I went to like go grab my phone because I would think he thought it was hilarious that all these girls were like obsessed with my it's like an old hunting jacket um and I was like because they're buying these things at boutiques and I was like I went to go call him because I could just hear him laugh in my head and then I was like oh wait I can't do that anymore um but it's kind of it's kind of been something that I've laughed about and I know that whatever happens after life he'd be laughing about it too um but it's been that's been my newest my newest fun thing so 
Kelsey, I'm not sure if you've had any moments like that in the last year or not. Oh, yeah. So many. Like, that was really hard right away. Like, once, because I, I stayed at home with my dad in our in our hometown after she passed for a little bit. And then when I moved back to San Francisco, and, yeah, there were, like, it was hard for me to go on a walk at first because there were so many times I'd go on a walk and call her. And that was, like, my routine. So it took me a little bit to just be like, okay going to go on a walk. I'm going to throw on a podcast and just distract myself and like that. Or yeah, things will come up and I'll just like think like, of course I'll text her. I'll text her a picture. I'll ask her this or I'll call her. And we always had this thing where we would a lot of times just like accidentally text each other or call each other around the same time. Like we'd be on the same wavelength and stuff. So definitely that. But Kathy, I love the grief jar idea. I think that's really awesome. Um, and cause you know, because her passing was more recent and at her service, you know, people are sharing stories, but like, it's that gets just more and more distant. I would love to have things written down and have that kind of reminder bucket of, of, to be able to think of, like you said, happy memories and to think of how other people experienced her, like stories from other people. And like her friends have a whole other book of stories that I probably haven't even heard all of, um, that I would love to hear from. Um, and going back to what you said too about the whole checking in thing and how if you got those texts right now, you'd be like, where the hell is this coming from? <laughs> I think that's a really good point to make. And I will also throw out that if I were to suddenly get flooded by a text of everyone <laughs> texting me that like every day, I think it's just something good to keep generally in the back of the mind. And like, if you're a good friend, you know, to the person like checking in and because mine's fresher, like I think that was a really good distinction to make. Um, and I know we're just jumping around here a little bit, but Mads, going back to your Cubs game thing, I definitely have a couple of those things too, of like, I haven't been able to do them since. Um, I, my family loved the show Gilmore Girls, one of my favorite shows of all time. I've seen it a gazillion times in the first two seconds of an episode. I can almost essentially like name the episode. And especially towards the end when we were all spending a lot of time together and we were, you know, just needing to be relaxed. We watched a lot of Gilmore Girls together. So I haven't been able to watch Gilmore Girls since. It's also, of course, a show for those who don't know, very founded on like mother daughter relationships. So I know I will watch it again and it'll be okay. But while I'm still kind of like working through things, I'm just like, yep, I'm not going to watch that show right now. Or you know, certain places like uh, a close place for our family. We have a condo in Palm Springs and it was like my mom's one of her favorite places to go. We have loads of happy memories. She would go with her friends. We have amazing memories as family. And I'm actually going uh, this weekend. By the time this is released, I will have already gone and it'll be the first time going back. And just knowing that like there's a lot that's going to come up from being there, but it's also going to be happy think like you guys have said that combination of happiness and sadness and being able to live with those emotions coexisting. Yeah, I think places are very important too and also like the homes that those people were in especially when they were living and also if they were in a home when they passed. I don't know um your guys's details of um your loved ones passing but for me it happened in my home and so that is in its sense like a trigger already and this is the same home that we've been that I'm first of all at right now and have been living in ever since that happened um so I think that's something that I also had to navigate through therapy was like 
having my home not be a trigger gut punch every time I walked into it because it's still the same home where my dad died. And I mean, if I've, and, and I know there are circumstances where other people could be fortunate enough to, you know, get a new home if it was really like that um, symbolic. But I would say like, that's not the case for me and my family. Like we're still in this home um, and me and my mom. And so I think something that I just wanted to share about coping with that and having to always have to go back to that home or that place is like completely rearranging everything in the house. I think for me, it's been a really healing and therapeutic way to kind of cope because it doesn't feel like this is the same childhood home where my dad died. This just feels like a new home where I'm living in now. And like, like, for example, my therapist was like, do you still have the same piece of furniture that he was like, always on like things like that, that could be a little bit triggering and you don't even know like subconsciously and it was the case and it wasn't for like a lot of years that we got rid of like the couch that he was always on or that he literally passed away on and so that in itself was like a very big kind of coping mechanism and then figuring out how to completely like redecorate or just do things around the house differently so that it didn't feel so I guess sad all the time to be in and that's been something that's been super helpful for me yeah that's interesting and something i was actually thinking about this week um my grandma on my mom's side is kind of funny um like for example one time i asked her i just like we were talking about when she was writing her will and i was like when you pass away i want your wedding ring and she took it off her hand and handed it to me and was like everybody already knows i'm married (laughs) so when my grandpa passed away she would give me things like his mugs and all of his stuff and i was like going through my cabinet and i found like a couple of mugs that he used a lot and i've never i haven't used them and it's like almost even opening up the mug cabinet and seeing it triggers me but I also feel like I can't get rid of it because it was his and my grandma gave it to me and so I'm kind of in this weird spot that I like I just picked up and put it in the back of the cabinet but Kathy I don't I mean that had to have taken so much strength and and learning and cope like just to do that and deal with it like I'm talking about a mug and you had I mean you you really at a young age too so I'm very impressed with that but I go through that same feeling I'm like I have this stuff that I don't need but my grandma has that personality where she's like I want you to have it and so of all the things she's given me I think I wear my jacket pretty often but besides that I'm just like what do I do with this stuff because it kind of it it doesn't it doesn't bum me out but it doesn't necessarily like bring me joy either um but I also feel like I can't get rid of the things because they're the things and Kelsey I know that you were talking about your the mascara that your mom had given you um but I just I don't know it's kind of this weird thing I've been going back and forth on oh yeah definitely and Kathy like thank you for sharing all of that like that's especially something that people don't talk about is actually like the passing and what like the sickness in both of our cases has its own phase of memories and triggers but the actual passing is in this like horrible box like hidden on the top shelf that we never pull out um so first with that like my mom also passed away in our childhood house so i have that same experience and the first time i like returned back to the house was really difficult and it is confusing because there's so many happy amazing wonderful memories centered around her there that she made that house a home But there also is, like you said, the chair and just the memory of the passing and all of that. So 
Um, I think the rearranging of the furniture is a really interesting approach for sure that maybe something I'll take back to my dad and sister that we can talk through because definitely a lot of things have been almost exactly the same for a lot of the time we've been there. Um, but with the items, I come from a family already that has a really hard time throwing things out. Like my mom's <laughs> mom, my Nana, I swear it's something from coming from like the <laughs> depression era. Like her house is a museum, like every school item that my <laughs> mom and her sisters did are there. The occasional outfit they wore retainers. We found one of the kids like retainers that was still saved. Like, and that that has been passed down to all of us. We do not throw things away. So in some cases, that's been really nice to be able to like have all these mementos and cards to look back to and pictures. But I've struggled with that, too, because I was the one that kind of led the charge of kind of organizing and sorting through her stuff after passing and figuring out what to keep and what to get rid of. And the advice that we had gotten from friends who had been through it was like, it's really early. You don't need to make any decisions right now. So I only got rid of things that were quite literally trash, like the gum wrappers in her purse or like the endless <laughs> amount of receipts that she kept and like the miscellaneous stuff that was like, why, why did we not throw this away, mom? What are we doing? But anything that could have symbolized or any kind of sentimental value we just organized it and our kind of thing was so it's not invisible sight like you guys are both are alluding to that like visual trigger isn't there but it's like organized and tucked away um because yeah i think we haven't made those decisions yet really of like getting rid of a lot of things and so i think that's something that'll come in time when it's not as fresh but I know that's already something that we're going to struggle with as a family anyway, but the added layer of somehow everything has sentimental meaning. Yeah, I I am also come from a family of hoarders and there's just <laughs> way too much stuff like everywhere in the closets and in the garage. Oh my God, the garage is so unorganized and has so much stuff. And my room was honestly like that for a while. And I moved back home for a, for a bit, like a couple months ago. And I was doing this exercise of basically like reorganizing and rearranging my room. So it didn't feel like like my teenage bedroom anymore. And it felt like my adult bedroom now. And so I was purging through a bunch of different things. Like, and I also, of course, my mom never threw away any of my like old class projects or things like that. And even like kindergarten, like crafts for Father's Day, we would make like the ties on a shirt and like write a letter to dad or whatever. Like all of that stuff is still here. And so I was going through purging and it was hard because I, I was like, okay, some stuff is like, it can be thrown out at this point. Like I, I don't need to keep every single little thing. But then there were others where I was like a random 11th birthday card or like was super special for me. So it's just weird, like picking and choosing what are the things that you choose to keep? Because um, I don't know, I think that they they'll hold different value to you as you go on in life, like something may be meaningful to me now that it wasn't like years ago. And that's just life because we experience so many different things that were like, oh, now this is relevant to me. 
Do you guys have any things that you feel comfortable or want to share that you keep either visually or not? Um, For example, I have on a shelf in my bedroom, I'm looking at it right now, I've got my grandpa's favorite cups that he used to wear. Um, It just sits on my shelf. Um, And I also have a piece of wood from my other grandpa's barn that I took right before we left. And obviously, like I said, my jacket. Uh, But do you have anything in specific that could have originally been a trigger, but you use it more to keep them alive in your everyday life? Yeah. So I had an interesting thing where I moved into a new place, like a new apartment a couple months after her passing. So she's never been here. Like she had no actual association here. And, but I knew, you know, it's like the opposite of my childhood bedroom. Um, But I knew I did want to have a couple of those things. So I have a little shelf and that's a picture of the four of us, my family. And then from one of the times she visited me in San Francisco, and it's actually like a really awesome memory. We got to stay in a hotel together and went out to dinners and this wine bar that she loved. And on one of our walks in the city, we went into this little store and I was trying to get decorations for my room. I'm looking at it now. And there was a little sign that said, do more of what makes you happy. And I was with her and she got it for me that day. And so I have that next to the picture is like, like the really kind of like in my face reminder of like she would want you to do things that make you happy and she's there and she's like a part of your space. Um, a little like hidden thing that I haven't really even told anyone is she would always um, leave notes all the time. Like cards and notes were a big thing for her. Like for years when she would pack our lunches, like notes and all of them. Or if I was like gone for the weekend, have a note on my bed when I got back. Her handwriting is just so distinct in my head. And so I have a gazillion of them, um, which is wonderful. I'm, I am glad I was a hoarder in that situation because I do have a lot of them. And one of them's really simple. She just wrote Kels with a smile face. She probably like put it on something she picked up for me or something like that. And I have that propped up in my closet. Just one of them. It's so random. Like I said, I can't even place where it's from, but it's the smiley face in her handwriting in my name. And when I go in my closet to get ready every day, I have that up where again, finding a note accidentally maybe could make me sad, but I use that one, like you said, intentionally to remind me of her. Um, but Kathy, how about you? Yeah, actually, same um, as Mads. And I have a USC hat that was his that I have now been able to wear because I went to USC too. And um, that has been super special for me. Like, I think there was even one game where I wore it, which that to me was also like hard to even picture myself wearing the hat for some reason. And I I don't know if you felt the same way, Mads, but I eventually did. And because it was a game day that was on the anniversary of his death. And so I just like, I wore it kind of like in memory of him. And then we won and it was against Stanford. So I was really happy about that because USC hates Stanford. Um, And it was a really exciting game. Um, But besides that, I think like there are other little things that I keep around, maybe not like as intentional as you, Kels, but I will say that my mom and I have randomly incorporated like his birthday through like all of our passwords and stuff, like through emails or just different accounts and things. And that's always been kind of like a simple but cheerful way to just have in the back of your head or like different pin codes and stuff like that. And not saying that that's the exact code. So no one should try to hack into any of my stuff. Um, but, but it's like a combination of like all of our birthdays somehow. But yeah, so that's also been really nice or like his nickname is our kind of like 
password for, I don't know, phone accounts or phone bills or random stuff like that, that it's just, it comes up like digitally too, in a sense, which is kind of funny, but um, it does feel like he's always just kind of there with us too. So that's been super nice. Yeah, um, to your point, I actually have only worn his hat. Um, My dad actually, he does announcing for sports and things, and he announced a game at Wrigley Field where the Cubs play, and I I flew into town and surprised him, and I wore my papa's hat to that one game because I knew that he would be so proud and just so ecstatic, and um, that was the one and only time I've really worn it. And I remember when I saw my dad and he realized, he was like, oh my God, that was papa's like favorite spring training hat, and it just felt like something that I needed to like I don't know like I it wasn't even a question it was like I grabbed my jersey I grabbed my toothbrush I grabbed Papa's hat Um, but even looking back at the pictures it makes me smile and think that he was there in some sort of way I love that I love also all of our connection to sports and everything one loss that I I obviously my mom's loss like that's very present in my life but a grandpa that I was very close to her dad passed away um, right before I went to college and he went to UC Berkeley to Cal Um, Kathy and I have realized we have rival teams on every layer of sports we're fans of, fun fact. But so my grandpa went to Cal and he, it was like such a big part of him and his experience and his friendships. And that was my first experience with a loss. And I remember I also got a Cal hat. That was one of his favorites in the collection. And um, the first time like going to a Cal football game as a student, I didn't actually wear the hat, but definitely just like connecting all of those emotions all at once. It's like the the power of sports, the power of having something in common with that person. It's the power of honoring them all wrapped up into one. So I can definitely relate to all of those things. And same, same with my mom too. Like I, I have, and that's a little different, like female, like easier to have a couple items of clothing or hats and things like that too. Um, do you guys feel you alluded to this a little did you feel weird wearing them to the point where you're like you almost had this secret that like this thing you're wearing is important and meaningful but nobody else knows and not creepy that's not the right word because it's like they would want you to wear it but like a little bit of that did you guys feel that at all yeah um but it kind of goes back to what Mads was talking about of like when people are like, oh, that's a cute hat, or they're just commenting <laughs> on, the, on the item and they have no idea like what the backstory of it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, and, or somebody said like, I have never seen you worn that hat. And like, I have so many USC hats and I usually always wa- am wearing one or I was wearing one in college. And so I think that like somebody calling it out to me was a little bit like, ooh, like they noticed or I don't know if I like need to spill the beans. Also, it's like, do I tell them that it's my dead dad's hat and I really <laughs> like it? Like, I don't know. And See how they react to that on the spot. They're probably drinking at a football game. And then you throw that at them. <laughs> right. Like just ready to, ready to unload it. <laughs> and it's his anniversary today. How about that? Like it's a two for one. <laughs> so, <Straight> on top. <laughs> it's a special. Yeah. So I, I think I didn't do that. I honestly think I did um, post an Instagram about it just because it was such a special like memory for me, like witnessing it on his anniversary and actually having the hat. And I think that was like really cool. And I got a lot of like support from my friends for that. Um, but I don't know, Mads, if you've kind of like felt weird about like wearing anything or just in general, like having those items. 
Yeah, I definitely get kind of nervous about it. I was like, you know, like I'm drinking beer. Like what if it was raining? So I like was putting on hoodies and stuff. And I was like, what if I drop it? What if I lose it? And um, I remember the only person that really, first of all, oh wait, hold on. Oh wait. First of all, I did want to say that I'm sorry, Kelsey. I do have a USC shirt. So I'm going to side with Kathy oh, on this one because on. my old roommate went to USC. <laughs> that just person. I took a note. I wanted, wow. I wanted to make sure I totally rep USC. Fight on. <laughs> well, um, we can agree on beating Stan. Stanford, though, that'll give you points for. We can all agree on beating Stanford. Okay. Okay. Oh, that works for me. Uh, but the, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to bust it. I wrote a note. I was like, I have to make sure I say it. Um, but whenever I did wear the hat to the game, I believe the only person that noticed that it was Papa's hat was my dad. Um, granted, I wasn't with a ton of friends. I was with my sister and my stepmom. Um, but it's funny, Kathy. I was laughing when you said that you're like, oh, this is my dead dad's hat. I keep getting complimented on my jacket, like I said, and I can't help but tell them because I just picture my grandpa dying of laughter. Bad <laughs> use of words, but laughing really hard. <laughs> but like laughing really hard and like just wanting to be able to share that with him. So I feel like anytime somebody says something, I share it with them in absence of not being able to call him and tell him. Um, but it is it is really funny because I do the same thing, Kathy. I'm like, is it the time? Where am I at cycling class? Should I tell him about my dead grandpa? <laughs> And yeah, I've kept where it's like, I don't really say it a lot of the time. If people have complimented, like there's like a couple of things, like a jacket here or there that I've worn and they'll be like, I like your jacket. And I don't say anything because in a weird way, I'm like, it's kind of like a special thing that it can just be like private. So that's why it's reassuring for sure to hear that you guys though have the same thought processes about it. Yes. Um, I definitely like get really awkward when somebody comments on things like that, but that's all part of the grief process is figuring out how to navigate those that awkwardness and figuring out if honestly you should just say something so that you normalize it and then that person isn't like scared to approach you or talk to you about your loved one. So I think that's something like I've learned as a takeaway from those conversations. Um, we've talked a lot about our material items, but I had a quick question. Um, I know that, for instance, the song that they played at the funeral for my papa, I cannot hear. And I, when we were talking about triggers, I remembered I was at a, a bar one night. They were doing karaoke, and someone started singing My Way by Frank Sinatra. Who the hell sings that for karaoke? At a bar? But like I a went bar to the karaoke? Bathroom. What on earth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, My Way by Frank Sinatra. And I just went to the bathroom and cried the entire song and then wiped myself off. And as soon as it was over, I went back out. But I know, like, songs like that, like, anytime anybody hears them, we text in the cousin group chat and tell the other person. But it it's something, even after two or three years, it's not gotten untriggering, like, hearing those songs. Yeah, music is a powerful one. Definitely music that she liked or we listened to together. Or, yeah, definitely music from the service. Um, I... I'll, I'll, I haven't gotten actually emotional from it, but it'll definitely kind of like hit me. It'll give me a jolt. Um, the one situation I've had so far that has actually made me emotional was like you said, not a physical thing, but I was watching, I don't know if you guys have watched Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Um, it's like based off a book. It's really like, it's like this, these three ladies who are friends, they live in the South and they have families and drama. It's like one of those shows. I like turn it on because it feels like light and airy, like almost like a chick flick. And I was like, oh, season two is on and I threw it on. And there was just this scene. It wasn't even that significant in the show, but it was between a mother, the one of the main characters, her young daughter 
and then the grandmother, her mother, and they were just having a really simple, sweet little moment. And it caught me so off guard because it was so in my face of like, this is a moment you are not going to have where like your kids are never going to meet your mother. And I'm one, maybe we'll talk about this. I don't cry often. I don't like crying in front of people. I have always had a weird relationship to crying and I was just like by myself watching this. It sounds so sad, but it, I, I obviously was fine. It was just a show, but it was like that, like you said, the, not the physical thing and not the thing that you're expecting, but it just like takes the wind out of you. Kathy, I don't know if like, whether it's music or movies and TV shows that have kind of hit you like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like too many to pull from at this point that I probably don't remember. <laughs> um, it's so many scenes, like father daughter scenes. I think I and I still like I still get triggered by them sometimes when they're emotional. Something that's interesting for me is like seeing scenes of like a little girl and a dad, and I think that's because that's the age that I was at when I lost him versus like an adult woman and her dad. Um, those are a little bit more triggering, which. I'd be curious, like, if they're your grief journeys, if that kind of um, presents itself the same way, if it's, like, those older conversations that you have with mom that may, or that you see, like, on a TV or in movies, if that is what's more triggering than maybe, like, a little girl and her mom. I don't know. Either way, it definitely can be. Personally, for me, the little girl and dad stuff is, like, a little bit more triggering. Um, I think also when I first watched Coco... I bawled my eyes out because of just the like messages of afterlife and honoring your loved ones and keeping them in your life. Like it also it's it's Mexican culture, which I am not Mexican, but I do think like just in general, Latin culture has a lot of um, kind of memories and also and just sort of traditions centered around afterlife and your loved ones and like there's literally a Mexican culture day of the dead and day of the saints and so um while my family doesn't necessarily celebrate that I just saw so many parallels in that movie and that really kind of like I threw me for a loop I think in another in another sense like it's already a, a super sad movie in general and then when you're connecting it to like actual grief and loss like it is a kids movie but even like through those scenes I still get super triggered too so um yeah I definitely I've had them through films and tv and all of that I have noticed too like you say even kids movies it feels like every Disney channel show there's a dead parent. Feels like there are so many movies and TV <laughs> yeah. shows where it's not even relevant to the plot, but someone has to mention like a dead person, a dead parent, something. And especially like we were watching a lot of shows around that time and it felt like that was just kept coming up to the point where we were almost laughing at it. Or I would watch things with a friend and I would kind of feel them being like, oh God, like it's just a stupid, like random yeah. chick flick movie. There doesn't need to be a dead parent in it. And I'm sure we could do a whole other episode on like movies and TV shows and how they connect and how they represent and feel. But I'm like that and cancer, which I know Kathy and I both have that experience where it seems like somehow you think you're watching a comedy. Someone has cancer always or it's a commercial. Somehow someone it's a cancer drug like it pops up in movies and TV shows all the time. So weirdly, maybe you get used to it a little bit, but then when it's something deeper and more profound, like you're watching a movie like Coco or something that's like really thoughtful about it, it hits you more versus maybe other times we can laugh at it, but it's all over the place. 
That is so true about the Disney plots always having like one dead parent. <laughs> I mean, literally in Frozen, like the first the two minutes is literally all about how the parents die. Spoiler alert if no one has seen Frozen. <laughs> yeah, <this> right. <laughs> the three people um, on planet Earth who haven't seen Frozen yeah, right. yet. Like it's literally, I was just talking about that. It's literally just, they just pop it up for no good reason. It's like so sad for, for nothing. Like even Finding Dory, like I can't watch that. Like it's all just too sad. <laughs> It's crazy. They just really want to pull at your heartstrings. <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly. Um, well, like I said, we could do a whole other episode on that. I feel like we are can wrap up today's episode, though. I do feel like we could still go in so many directions because there are so many memories and triggers. And I feel like those will just organically come up in conversations as we have them. Um, I think looking to our next episode, which reminder, we're doing every other week. Um, we were talking about doing dating and relationships. So just a teaser and all the layers that grief is intertwined in that, um, you know, dating someone new, having like, how do you talk about it? How do you share it? How do you connect your person who you've lost to them? Or in my experience, I was dating somebody newish while my mom passed away. And that's, I know, a really unique experience. Um, but there's a lot to go in there. I always feel like these go by so fast, but um, we're really excited that we're now on all the platforms on Apple and Spotify and wherever you listen. We have our Instagram account at The Morning Crew. We're picking up the content there. Um, we have our Facebook group at The Morning Crew on Facebook. We can you know, let everyone into that community who wants to be there. We have an email address, uh, themorningcrew at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, or feedback. And again, morning is spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Guys, we have a lot of stuff. Did I forget anything? We sure do. I know. I think you're good. And I just wanted to say with our first content episode, both Kelsey and Kathy, thank you guys for sharing. Um, Kathy, I know you were sharing some stuff that you don't share that often. Um, and I really just, I'm excited and I, I appreciate you guys sharing and trusting us all with um, your stories. I feel the same way. Thank you guys for sharing too. Yes, definitely. Well, I guess on that note, we'll see everyone next time. See everyone <laughs> next time. Bye. Bye.